Soccer players, coaches, those of you who love and hate the podcast, welcome to today's episode. Andy and I, we have something special for you guys today. Considering we have a global audience and considering the widespread panic of the coronavirus, we thought it would be a good idea to bring an expert in to explain to us what's going on, what the virus is, how you contract it, and how you can prevent it. We had Dr. Amish Adalja. He's an infectious disease MD working on pandemic and politics, all the stuff that we actually need right now during this crisis. Dr. Amish was driving when we recorded the podcast, so some part of it is kind of cut off because he kept losing signal. But overall, this is a great episode. Please follow everything that he mentioned in today's podcast to keep yourself safe. And I hope you share that episode with the rest of your teammates. Let's get to the show. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important? If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get episode. strong. We know that here at the uh, Soccer Fitness Experience, we have a worldwide audience. So um, we're talking about the coronavirus. And we have a very special guest today. His name is Dr. Adalja. So, Doc, go ahead and introduce yourself. So, my name is uh, Amish Adalja. I'm a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security and an infectious disease critical care emergency medicine physician. Gotcha. So, you're the doctor that people go to when we have these diseases that are kind of spreading around the world, right? Yeah, I do focus a lot on emerging infectious diseases, pandemics and uh, hospital preparedness and that whole kind of intersection of infectious disease and national security. That's where all my work is focused. Oh, so basically like a person that we would need right now, because that seems like that is what's going on right now. Yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, lots of media, lots of calls, lots of things going on right now. Gotcha. Uh, so we're, we're dealing with the coronavirus, but like big picture, if you had to explain it to, let's say, a room full of young soccer players, Right. What is the coronavirus and why is it so unique? So the corona, this coronavirus is not the coronavirus. Coronavirus is. And this is actually the, this is the seventh human coronavirus. And the issue with this coronavirus, what makes it unique, was that this coronavirus has. So this, let me just re, I rewind a little bit. So there's seven human coronaviruses. Two of them are very important, SARS and MERS, which were very deadly coronaviruses that had mortality rates of 10% and 30%. So this novel coronavirus was found in China in a cluster of patients that had pneumonia. And because it was new and because we had this experience with SARS and MERS, people were very worried about it. Thing is that this coronavirus has the ability to spread from you know, the expected to infect, and it's created what we would call a pandemic, where you have this infection all over the world. The vast majority of people who get this, especially young, healthy people, are going to have no problem with it. It's going to be like a severe cold. But there is a group of people, elderly, those with other medical problems, who can have severe disease and death and die. 
We don't know what that percentage is of people who are going to die, but it's probably somewhere below 1%. But because this virus infects so easily, that could add up to a lot of people. There's no vaccine for coronaviruses. There's no antivirals for coronaviruses. Okay. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So it looks like there's still a lot still going on with this. Um, but why should, let's say, a young soccer player be concerned about this? Um, a young soccer player needs to be concerned about the coronavirus because it is something that they can contract. It's something they can spread. And it would put them out of commission for several several days at least because of the symptoms being uh, severe enough to limit their performance. They could also give it to other people. So they could give it to their parents. They could give it to their friends. So it is something that, that is going to be out there and you're going to have to contend with in your day-to-day -day life. And while you might not have a severe case, you could, be some, you could give it to somebody who might have a severe case. The other issue is it's going to, it may cause disruptions in your soccer playing life. You may have your games canceled. You may have your games modified. There may be games that you play without fans in the stands. So all of that is going to be important as this coronavirus spreads for, for all communities, including that of soccer players. Yeah, we, we can already see that in in, um, in 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 Italy where, you know, certain games have to be canceled because um, they're trying to figure out how they're going to let people in the stadium. And it's a massive crisis right now. So, yeah, it's, it's really tough to deal with. Um, big picture, though, there's a lot going on about hand sanitizers, washing hands, wearing masks, um, avoiding going out in public. What are some of the big major recommendations you have to avoid contracting this virus? The number one thing is just to wash your hands more and touch your face less. And these are the same recommendations that we issue during flu season. So this is something that we can spread similar to flu and cold viruses. So it's those same principles. And that might sound very generic, but that's basically the best thing that we have. If you're somebody that's older or somebody that has medical problems, you may want to avoid going out in crowds and using public transportation. Uh, and really, we kind of, we're really going to have to deal with the fact that this virus is going to come. It's going to be something that everybody contends with. And a lot of common sense, the same common sense that you use during flu season is going to be applicable to this, this virus. So hand sanitizer, avoiding crowds if you're somebody at high risk, and then touching your face less are really the three, the three things that you can, you can do at this point uh, until a vaccine is developed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Basically, just to stick in, like like you said, wash your hands and avoid trying to touch your face all the time. Okay, which is basically the same thing that we tell we tell our patient all the time. Right. Yeah. We should be doing just the same stuff we do every winter respiratory virus season. It's just that now the stakes are a little bit higher because we have a new virus uh, that may have an increased severity level. Okay. I feel like the last time I we actually. Um, had something similar to this in my in my memory was when I was a freshman in college and the swine flu was almost doing the same thing and you know I feel like and I, I had no idea what the virus was about I, I had a feeling like it was on the same level as the swine flu. Yeah so that's a good example to draw from. So in 2009 there was a novel flu virus that emerged in Mexico and led to a pandemic and during that pandemic 61 million Americans in one billion people worldwide were infected. Though that was a very concerning pandemic, it was really different in the fact that we didn't see all of the disruption, all of the panic that we're seeing today. So I think it's very important to reflect back on the 2009 event and try and 
apply them to today and it may help with decreasing the panic. Yeah, I think around that time, I, I don't think we had such a heavy presence in, in, of such a heavy um, influence of social media. I feel like that is contributing to this is widespread panic too. Yeah, I do. I do think social media is playing a big role in, in getting good information out as well as getting out a lot of panic, a panic information. Hmm. Gotcha. Do you have any tips as to, I mean, we talked about washing hands, not touching your face, um, specifically for people who are either at school or at a job, like a, a nine to five job, anything specific to them that you feel like they could potentially do to, um, to mitigate their risk? Well, if you, we're trying to encourage employers to allow people to work from home as much as possible. So if you have a job where you can work from home, that might be something that you would do when the intensity of spread becomes high in your community. You can also think about having a policy that's very flexible for, for employees, employees who are sick so that they don't come into work. Uh, that's another important thing. We know that many times employees feel like they have to come to work and then that ends up being something that spreads the infection in the workplace as well as leads to decreased productivity of the worker if they're, if they're sick and having to work. So I think those are the two things that I would say that are specific to workplaces and working from home when possible and not coming to work when you're sick. Um, well, let's stay on that, on that same topic, but let's, let's be a little off towards um, players who, you know, we often, oftentimes they, they travel to go to different games. Um, um, any, any sort of tips to, you know, stay safe while traveling on the road to go into an away game? All the same type of stuff applies. And okay. uh, and you really have to just, it, it's really just the same common sense stuff that we do during flu season. Gotcha. All right. Uh-huh. Cool. So any, do you have any last tips for our listeners who like, let's say we have some listeners from China, from Italy, from these affected countries, um, any advice for them in particular? This is a virus that's not going to be containable. It's going to be something that spreads throughout the world. So it's something that you're not going to completely be able to avoid. And I think that should help you not to think about this as something you have to panic about, but something that we're going to have to face. And the more facts that you have on your side, the more common sense you use with this, the better prepared you're going to be. This is likely to, this is likely to be a mild pandemic. We're going to see people get infected but the vast majority of them are going to do okay. We may see some disruptions in society in terms of what goes on in the healthcare sector, especially with ma also with mass gatherings and sporting events. But I think this will slowly start to dissipate as people get more comfortable realizing that this is something that we're going to have to face and we're going to have to be able to, to cope with. And, it's, and, and they'll start moving from this idea that it, that it can be contained to one of mitigation or dealing with the consequences of it. And I think then you're going to see some of the, the, the panic and some of the uh, alarm start to decrease. But for some time, for the next several weeks, I do think that there's going to be an increased alarm and then and you, you should be prepared for disruptions in your life. But I think they're going to uh, eventually uh, go away just like they did in 2009 with the swine flu uh, incident where people uh, started to, to realize that, that they had to deal with this. It was going to be something that was unavoidable. And, and we actually focused on coping with it rather than trying to, to prevent something that was not going to be preventable. Mm, got it. Okay. Well, Dr. Adalja, thank you so much for joining yeah, us today. Huge uh, thanks. Fitness experience. Really good advice you gave out. And hopefully the listeners will be able to, to take some of that home. 
All right. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. You enjoy the rest of your day, Doc. Okay. You too. Okay. Peace. All right. Cool. That was a that was a really interesting episode, guys. I think some of the major takeaways that Dr. Ajalda just said was to make sure you wash your hands, um, avoid touching your face. And, you know, it's this is something that's going to spread, but it doesn't mean that's something we have to panic about. Um, he mentioned once again that the, the risk of dying is probably going to be, according to him, about less than 1%. So. Yeah. And you, I, I know I'm um, just just listening to you know the way he conveyed the information. Um, it 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 looks it's it sounded a little bit scary when he said, uh, "Well, you know, this is not something that we're not gonna, we we we're gonna be able to contain." Um, it's just gonna. He just basically said um, to uh, literally just like in my experience, just like brace yourself. There's gonna be some disruption, but it's all gonna be okay. Um, towards the end because we had this kind of problem before remember we had the the swine flu back in 2009 you guys were probably listeners who are young are probably much younger than this don't remember um there was the zika virus too all the stuff when came in uh huge uh, media attention towards those viruses and then eventually it, it went its course and we think that's the same thing that's going to happen with this virus too Gotcha. And I think a lot of the things that people are doing now, like not just washing your hands, but doing it correctly, like these are things that we should be doing on a regular basis anyway. Um, and I actually saw a tweet by a surgeon. I'm going to read it out to you guys right now. And it says, people in the men's room at LaGuardia Airport are washing their hands like they're scrubbing into surgery. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is like, we should always be doing stuff like this, guys. So um remember wash your hands if you guys are on the field in practice sanitize your surfaces if you're at the gym making sure you're wiping down your equipment after you use it yes. a little bit yeah that can keep keep these germs and these these viruses away those are stuff that should be mandatory it should be like common sense anyway but i can tell you how many people go and sweat on an equipment and then just don't wipe it like i see yep. this all the time at the gym <laughs> for sure uh, any or is that pretty much no it? i think yeah i think that's just 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 about it um just wash your hands avoid touching your face as much as possible um um and take the same precautionary measure that you would take if um for doing a flu season the same same applies here um i think the important thing here is just said he mentioned you know if you're young and you catch the and you catch that virus you know, you're probably going to be out of commission for a little bit, but because you're young and you have a strong immune system, you'll be able to bounce back. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, cool. Well, we'll see you all next week. All right. Peace.